Dr. Tsepo Mvulani Moloi, the last time you and I met, you were the ordinary guy from across the road in Stellenbosch. Such great strides you have made. I'm so proud to have you, my dear friend, right now, Dr. Moloi. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, you must give me a moment to just let it sink in. <laughs> Who did you think you were going to talk to? <laughs> no, hey, but Ninga was song is so you know. Very well. You never know. You never know. But 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 don't mislead the listeners. This was not the last time we met. Oh, we met randomly at um, Greenstone Mall. I mean, really. Right, right. Can you right, count right. that? Okay. Oh, no, we're just clearing the record. <laughs> Let's talk real things. Twenty fourth of May, twenty twenty one. It will be Woo! some hundred years since okay. South Africa's largest massacre in more in which some 200 members of the Amasraeli Church, there's a proper name for that, but I'm going to get to it right now, were killed by the Union police. The tragic event has become known as the Buluk Massacre, occurring in Dabelanga in the Eastern Cape, which is today a seat of a monument commemorating the brutal event. More than 100 members of the church were wounded, and some 140-odd, including their leader, Dadu Inok Mkijima, were arrested. In the light of the upcoming centenary, happening in a week from now, the UP Centre... For advancement of scholarship together with JIAS, that's the Jobbik Institute for Advanced Studies at UJ, two-day commemorative conference. You're one of the members of those panels there. Talk to us about, one, the Bullock Massacre, its significance, its historical context, and why this centenary should be a celebration like no other. Okay. Um, thank you for that introduction. Um, so first and foremost... Um, we were in a country which is suffering from historical amnesia. Um, when we're talking about a centenary anniversary of the Buhuk massacre, it's really a metaphor of so many other um, occasions of centenarians that we should be talking about but don't enjoy mainstream attention. Now, in particular case, so that were particular to the Bullhook Massacre. So the massacre itself um, really happened uh, in 1921 when Uprophet Enoch Mkijima um, would get a vision to go to Ntabalang, the mountain. And uh, he would pray and he says, according to the literature and according to the interviews that I have listened to, he says he saw a vision and he had the voice of God talk to him that uh, he needs to send his people to Israel, um, which, of course, you know that the name of the church now is called Amaizi right? But uh, that's really a bastardized version of something which is much more complicated. But um, the long and short of it is, at the time, the government of the day was... Uh, Jan Smuts, who was running the show, they basically gave them orders that they needed to vacate the land, and Enoch, the prophet Enoch, refused. Uh, they gave him an opportunity to reconsider. He Basically, the response he would give would be, it was not him, it was the Lord who led these people to come and join him you know, um, in Dabalang. But um, subsequent events to that would be that uh, 
um, they would then basically be be shot at, and Enoch himself was not killed um, on that occasion. So he was arrested with some of the survivors, and uh, he would die, which is also very interesting. He would die a natural death, meaning he he died in his sleep, um, which which is also a fascinating. Uh, when you think about how people died in his were under his watch and under his leadership, and yet he was not part of those bullets. But today there's a legacy. They've named the municipality um, uh, after him, I think <laughs> as recent as 2016. Mm-hmm. And so what UJ, through GS and um, the Advanced Center for Study at University of Pretoria is planning on the 24th, is to host um, a conversation which ideally would end up as a book, um, to mark the centenary celebrations. The one pity that you did mention there is Inokum Kijima municipality. It is spectacularly useless. The whole damn lot of them, I come from them, Queenstown. There are profanities that obviously cannot be aired, but in essence, Queenstown is one something that Donald Trump once referred to when referring to African countries. But let's talk about the legacy of the man behind the Church of God and Saints of Christ, and commonly known among the closer people of the region, Amas Raeli, owing its genesis from the United States Church of like name. What led to this Buluk massacre? What what was it that Mgijima, through his God, was advocating that was the basis of the offense that led ultimately to this massacre? Just give a brief historical account so that people can understand some of the politics that were play 100 years ago today. Not just the pandemic of 100 years ago, but there were other pandemics, people-based pandemics. Okay. So you've just said something that's loaded, and I hope... We can come back to it after I answer this question. Because mm. you've just said the municipality is utterly uh, useless. But um, let me answer your question, and I hope we can come back to that loaded statement. Because, uh, yeah, of course, these, these, my talk, my particular talk on the day, um, I'm interested in how government has remembered or chooses to remember and has institutionalized, or rather not institutionalized, um, the Bullhook Massacre. So, so yeah. Anyway, let me talk to what you're raising now. Um, I think it must be said that the first authority on Inokum Kijima and the Bullhook Massacre, for me, at a personal level, I'm perturbed that it's a white American scholar you know, who is the leading authority on it. He took out and he first did a PhD on it at University of Ohio, and then he subsequently would take out a book on it. Um, Edgar, uh, Professor Edgar, getting his first name now. Uh, Escom is dealing with us now. Electricity is gone. But um, he he basically is, is, is the one person that whoever is going to speak on the narrative and the literature, they cannot miss him. But basically... His findings and other scholars are collaborating or are supporting his views um, is that basically um, Enoch was a boy who grew up um, in rural in rural Eastern Cape. Of course, um, his brothers went to the near, nearby uh, Lovedale College, but Yena, 
the reason he didn't go to get educated like his brothers was because he would always get this headache when he was supposed to go to school. And so his father succumbed that, okay, maybe um, it was a sign that he shouldn't get uh, Western education. So um, he then ended up heading, heading his father's cattle and his goats. And then eventually, uh, as he would grow, he was, you know, he was more into his traditional uh, things, unlike his brothers because of Western education, blah, 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 blah. But in the end, I think why he stands out and he becomes prominent is when he now starts to get a vision and he starts talking in tongues to his people and his people start taking notice of him in this light. And um, um, they find, or you know how it goes with our myths and our... Um, and how some of the things that we, we in, I think, in the African context, we would follow. Uh, in the Western context, these things would be dismissed as utter hogwash, uh, witchcraft, if you like. But, you know, people started following him and they started believing in some of the things he was saying. They said they had truth in them. Um, and then, you know, he, it grew. But the actual crux was Ipasika which um, the idea there was it was an Easter uh, celebration where people would come, pay their respects, and then go back home. But in this particular instance, um, there was a refusal that people must not go. But then with this refusal, those who didn't come were also getting news that, hey, man, you know, because the prophet has preached and, you know, uh, people were getting, were getting more and more enticed into the narrative. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, but the big thing there is that they believed in him so much that I am shocked when I look at the literature that there was not even, you know, a fight back to the authorities. You know, these, I mean, Enoch himself was standing on a mountain looking at his people being shot. So no fight back whatsoever. And this, for me, stands out as one of the things that I think are underplayed in how we can sacrifice ourselves to things that... And, of course, you know, we call some mythology and um, how how all these stories would find a pattern in someone has a vision, we get told to do things, the next thing, we've killed our plants, we've killed our animals, and now there's starvation, all because someone had a vision that we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't back up. But yeah, a disaster happens and follows suit. So, so this was one of the typical um, um, narratives that I think the Puhuk massacre falls under that category. Let's open the lines, please. Johannesburg, 714-2006, the Bullhook Massacre, centenary celebrations on 24 May 2021. On the line, Dr. Tsepom Vulani Molloy, lecturer at the John Moore Liverpool University and a postdoctoral research fellow at Johannesburg Institute of Advanced Study. That's attached to UJ. Of course, we're talking about the University of Pretoria's Center for the Advancement of Scholarship together with GIAS as they look to commemorate over a two-day conference, the Bullock Massacre. The significance of such a narrative, which in many respects tells many other narratives, why is it important for those who listen now 
to follow this conference and to gauge some of those issues. I mean, I can tell you for free, for those who are listening, that of the names that will be there, there is Olwe Turlanga, there is Funega Manzi, there is Alan Anderson, Tsepamuloy, of course, it goes without saying, together with your Tembega Ngugai Tobis and your Dr. Antabile Masolas. But specifically, what the conference looks to establish and what hopefully should be the takeaway from those who will be engaging Tsepo. So um, I, I wish not to speak on behalf of the organizers because I'm merely a participant. But um, So I will only express yes. the brief that was given to us uh, when they made the call for, for contributors. And that was um, the idea is they would like to... A deliverable that should come out of the conference is a book um, which is going to cover most of our papers that are delivered at this conference. And then um, um, also how this can therefore be digitized and um, and archived in a way that some of the views that are going to come out from contributors, uh, how they going to um, how they going to actually give recommendations on what government or arts and culture, um, how they should actually take um, centenary uh, celebrations such as this one how they should actually memorize them and archive them. So, yeah, so so that's that's as far as I can say in terms of the brief that we at least have been given on it. Insofar as it relates to what you have been required to speak about, because I am looking at the program here and you are on the 24th, musing and reminiscing about the Bullock massacre at Sepamoloi. So far, what have you prepared? In other words, let's get deep into the questions and nuances of this massacre and some of the scholar, scholar, scholarly commentary that's going to come from there, at least in the context of Sepamoloi. So, so first and foremost, this will bring you directly to what you had raised about your personal opinion about what today is what is called the Enoch Mkijima municipality. Mm-hmm. So my paper is really interested in what has local government, provincial government, and national government, what, what, how do they have a link with the Bohok massacre? I'm interested particularly in um, in their archiving and, and, and also the relationships they've had um, with regards to this, to this particular um, event in history that happened in Eastern Cape um, in 1921. And um, my, my, my research and my findings are quite astonishing. I mean, you're looking at a, a municipality that would be named after Inokum Kijima in round about 2016. A municipality that has been, I think they, they have merged other smaller municipalities mm-hmm. to make this one particular one, and yes. you coming from the area, you know the details of that. Now, what I get is uh, some of the feedback from the primary interviews I conducted. Uh, they are they, they, they split feelings about it. There are those that say we're happy with what government has done to recognize the Bohok massacre uh, in Okumkichima, and then there are those that say no. We, we think that government has been ignoring us. We think that even if you go to the mass graves, um, look at the condition of the roads. Look at how we have been ignored, marginalized. Uh, we've not been taken seriously. 
uh, Department of Tourism has not really played its role, and, 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 and. And so I'm quite interested, actually, post our meeting on the 24th, because I'm hearing in the build-up, Kabo Mbeki is also going to be participating in the build-up towards uh, the 24th. There's also some newspaper news uh, articles claiming Ramaphosa is going to grace the event. And all this, talking to my paper, says, but if such senior officials of government are actually acknowledging the centenary, how then is it that in our history book, how is it that if we were not doing this research, Mm, mm, mm. we would not be knowing Mm. about details of such occasions, right? And so this window dressing, you know, for me, needs to stop. I think that we need to start putting meat into some of these uh, claims that government always makes. And so I'm with the side of the interviewees that have said to me, look, I think we need um, a conversation where government can actually take exercises such as this one much more seriously than they are currently doing. Yeah, let's quickly squeeze in in Uppington, Aisha, just on this point. Aisha, good evening. Thanks for joining. Aisha, are you still there? Yes, I say I missed you. I don't know who missed you more, me or Lesejo. <laughs> now let me get to the matter at the end here. It is not celebration, it is commemoration. And and to your guest, I'm underlining that when he goes to his conference. And when he gets to his conference, I hope he's, he's not going to be speaking about African myths when he refers to our cosmology and i agree with him uh, that africans need to do our own research on our own history and that you must know what my position is on this song mm-hmm. communal history must be reflected all over the country and within our textbooks that's all that i've got to say for now Thank you so much, Aisha. Much appreciated. 30 seconds. Close off the segment, please, Dr. Tsepom Vulani Molloy. So thank you for that. And thank you for Aisha's comment. And uh, we, take your, we take your submission as well. So in a long and short of it, I would invite viewers, listeners, uh, the public at large, um, to please, um, please be open and be willing to learn more about a lot of, of of details of what has happened in our past um, because only through such um, conferences such as this one can we be reminded actually to understand our context, our present context in a better light. Fantastic. And, and yes, sir. Thank you so much, Dr. Tsepon Vulani Molloy. I certainly will be streaming in in that Zoom when, especially at 11.30 on Monday the 24th, you'll be making your contributions, musing and reminiscing about the Bullock Massacre. Dr. Tsepon Vulani Molloy, together with a whole host of others in the two days, 24 and 25 May, which is Africa Day, will be commemorating a great African tragedy, the Bullock Massacre, a centenary commemoration. Thanks so much, Aisha. It is now indeed time for news with Mudubi Mahalimel.